and this is a special edition of the Radio Plasma Podcast. The Holyoke Mayoral Candidates Forum. On this forum, the mayoral candidates will answer questions previous to the election on November 7th. The mayoral candidates are Jason Ferreira and Mayor Alex Morse. This event is brought to you as a collaboration of the Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, the Holyoke Taxpayers Association, the Holyoke Youth Task Force, the Gandara Youth Development Center, Holyoke Media, and Radio Plasma. We are broadcasting from the Holyoke Council on Aging at 291 Pine Street in Holyoke, Massachusetts. Hello, I'm Kevin McCaffrey. I'm co-chair of the Government Relations Committee for the Holyoke Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to this beautiful space. We are excited to hear from our mayoral candidates here this evening. First, I would like to thank Neve Fenwick Rodriguez, the ex executive director of the Holyoke Council on Aging, along with her staff, for allowing us to host these debates. Putting these debates and forums on takes a great deal of effort and volunteer hours. If anyone is interested in hosting a debate or forum in the future and would like to know more information on how to go about doing this, please let us know and we would be happy to share whatever information we have. With that said, I would like to thank the Paper City Prosperity Alliance who this year joined together to put the debate series on. The organizations involved in the alliance are the Holyoke Taxpayers Association, the Holyoke Youth Commission, Gandara Youth Development Center, Greater Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, and Radio Plasma. The Ward Council forums have been moved from a taped video forum to an in-person forum that will be held on November 1st at Kelly School. That forum begins at 6 p.m. We would like to thank our timekeepers, Youth Commissioner Javier Castillo, and Cheryl Quinn of the Holyoke Taxpayers Association. Thanks also to Scott McPherson of the Holyoke Media for taping tonight's event. We would especially like to thank our two mayoral candidates for being here this evening, Jason Ferreira and Alex Morse. These debates will be shown on Channel 15 at 9 a.m., 12 p.m., 3 p.m., 6 p.m., and midnight. For those that like late night television, they should be up by the end of the week. <laughs> A link will be on all of our websites or Facebook pages to those, uh, to those shows. Before we bring Tony Signoli up, I would like to welcome Dora Castillo, who has been a youth commissioner for the past seven years, and until recently, she was a student and softball player for the University of Puerto Rico. I want to face everyone. It's kind of impossible, but <clears throat> bear with me this corner. Uh, thank you all for coming to the 2017 Holyoke Mayoral Debate organized by the Holyoke Prosperity Alliance, a group that consists of the Holyoke Youth Commission, Holyoke Youth Task Force, Greater Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, and the Holyoke Taxpayers Association. I would like to thank the Senior Center for having us here tonight, the candidates for attending, and the Transformative Culture Project for coming out to film tonight as well. My name is Dora Castillo, lifelong member of the Holyoke Youth Commission since the age of 13. Since the age of 13, I have made it my goal to help the youth in this community through the Holyoke Youth Task Force. From, teacher, from teaching senior citizens how to use technology and organizing the recognition reception for those that have gone above and beyond in Holyoke, I have always learned that being a leader is much more than just being in charge. 
To be a leader is to make a difference in someone's life, or in a whole city even. I owe my leadership skills and growth to Christine Alger and the Holy Youth Task Force, my kind, my kind of mentor. Every time she gave me an opportunity or a chance, I take it, and here I am yet again, taking another chance and an opportunity. Just recently, I was studying at the University of Puerto Rico in Mayaguez until the catastrophic Hurricane Maria put a pause in my journey when it completely devastated my island, leading me back home to Holyoke. For two and a half weeks, I was living in Salinas, Puerto Rico, a pueblo in the south, without clean water, electricity, internet, service, and hope. But then I saw growth, people cutting down trees and wires that fell on buildings, people feeding their neighbors. This reminded me of Holyoke. People look at us and they shake because they see us as poor, dangerous, when really what we have here is all the light in the world when it goes dark. Mm. Taking in students, for example, taking in families, and, leading, and lending a hand by sending Holyoke officers to rebuild our sister nation. I'm thankful to know that my city doesn't sleep when tragedy plagues us. So thank you, Holyoke, and all the citizens for keeping hope alive always. Thank you all for the opportunity, and good luck to the candidates, and enjoy it. Thank you. And lastly, I would like to thank our moderator uh, this evening for volunteering his time to do this, Tony Signoli. Good evening, and thank you all so much for being here tonight. It says a lot that this place is as packed as it is and that so many of you have taken the time. So I'd like to do something very important right off the bat. I want to recognize the most important people in the room after the candidates, and that is our timekeepers. It's the toughest job in the room other than <laughs> what the candidates will have to do this evening. So we have John Kelly with us, Cheryl Quinn, and Javier Castillo. Thank you very much. <laughs> Audience and candidates, I'm going to go over the ground rules for this evening. They're very straightforward and very short. We've got a lot of ground to cover tonight. So we'd appreciate it if the audience would hold all of your applause until the end of the debate. We'd appreciate that very much. It'll help us to cover as many questions as we can. Candidates, we ask you please to watch the timekeepers very carefully. Uh, our, the way this is structured this evening, as you already know, we just want to go over it again. Your introductions will be two minutes each with no counterpoint. There was going to be a flip of the coin before this this evening. We neglected to do it, so I'm going to do it right now, if that's okay. I'm going to come over and I'll let you decide uh, how we'll do this. Mayor, in deference to your incumbency, would you mind if uh, candidate Ferrara picked tails or heads first? Or? That's fine. All yeah. right, great. All right. Heads or tails? Uh, tail tails. Tails, tails okay. <clears throat> this thing's happening. Watch this. And it is tails. All right. Okay, so you'll have your introduction first, all right? Great. Is that right, Mayor? Okay. So, uh, questions. There's going to be five questions for each of you. A sixth question, if we have the time, we hope that we will. You'll have two minutes to respond to your question. The other candidate will have 90 seconds to respond to what you've said. And then the original candidate, who was asked the question in the first place, will have 60 more seconds to rebut that. At the end, there'll be a three-minute closing. We'll do the reverse of what we did here now. So it will be the, for the closing, we'll begin with Mayor Morse. So those are the ground rules. I'm anticipating we have no questions yet, so that's good. And now we'll get down to the business of this evening's debate. So the opening introductions, Jason Ferreira. 
Thank you so much, Tony, and thank you all for, uh, for coming out tonight. It's wonderful to see such a, a large and engaged crowd of uh, my fellow residents out here uh, tonight. So I just want to start off by thanking a few people. Uh, Johan uh, with Radio Plasma, they do a fantastic job, and uh, I'm not sure how we operated without, without their uh, assistance so far. Um, Hoyoke Youth Task Force, they always do a fantastic job at these forums. The Hoyoke Taxpayers Association and the Chamber of Commerce, uh, we really appreciate it. So I just want to talk about uh, one thing. I, m my belief is that everybody in the world has one special talent and uh, my talent is to, is to ability to work together with people. I think um, listening and finding common ground is really an important thing in our democracy. I think it's a really divisive atmosphere in the national uh, political discourse and local as well. And I think that my strength is what Hoyoke needs right now. Somebody who can sit and listen to the other side, find common ground and move forward in a productive way rather than trying to achieve some moral victory by uh, standing their ground. And I, and I hope that uh, that that will come through moving forward. So uh, again, I thank everybody for, for coming out tonight and those who put this forum on, and, uh, and that's it, thanks. Thank you. Mayor Morse, your opening statement, please. Great, well, thank you, Tony, for moderating tonight's debate, and I wanna echo the appreciation to Johan from Radio Plasma, of course, Kathy and her entire team at the Chamber of Commerce, Helene Florio and the team at the Taxpayers Association, and of course, the Holyoke Youth Task Force and Youth Commission, uh, led by Christine Alger, and most importantly, all of you in this room, I wanna thank you for being an active participant in our democracy in the city of Holyoke, those of you here tonight, but those of you that are watching at home as well, and I also wanna thank my opponent for participating in tonight tonight's uh, forum. Uh, I'm looking forward to tonight uh, talking about the important issues that affect all of us in the city of Holyoke. I've said this uh, many times before, having had the opportunity to be your mayor over the last six years has really been the greatest honor and privilege uh, of my life. Uh, I decided after I graduated from Brown that I wanted to come back to Holyoke, a place that gave me the opportunities and promise uh, for a better life, a great public education, to live in a safe neighborhood, to have access to good paying jobs for all families, and to share in that sense of pride that we all know about uh, the city of Holyoke. Uh, and throughout tonight's debate and throughout the campaign, you've heard my opponent paint a different picture of Holyoke. It's press release after press release about what's wrong with our city, what's wrong with our campaign. It's Facebook post after Facebook post of uh, descriptions of what we're doing or not doing. But what you haven't seen is a plan, idea, or a vision for the city. What we've offered is a long-term vision for Holyoke over the last six years. All you need to do is take a drive around the city and see the progress in all neighborhoods of our city. Just last Wednesday, we did the grand opening of the Fairfield Marriott Inn and Suites at Ingleside Square by the Holyoke Mall. On Friday, we joined the Marcotte Ford family to break ground in an $8 million uh, new dealership right on Main Street as they continue to expand their footprint on that corridor and entrance into our beautiful city. Uh, and just this morning, we were endorsed by the Holyoke Police Supervisors because we've been able to work together and be compassionate about public, public safety and policing in our community while bringing crime to historic lows. Uh, and so again, it's been an honor and a privilege, and I look forward to working with you over the next four years. Thank you both. We're gonna jump right into the debate questions now. And the first question is on economic development and it is for Mayor Morse. Mayor, as mayor, there are some things that just can't be helped or controlled at the local level. The November 2018 ballot on the state level is shaping up to be a heavy blow to business with a $15 per hour minimum wage, a mandate for paid family leave, and a millionaire's tax as a possibility. Policies like these are what may have what many believe have caused Connecticut to lose GE and Aetna. 
Massachusetts is considered a more business-friendly place than its southern neighbor. Assuming these items survive legal challenges and become law after being passed on the ballot, what specifically will you do to continue to bring new businesses to Holyoke? Can you have two minutes for your response, sir? Great. Well, thank you for that uh, question, Tony. And I'm aware of those uh, questions, and I, I do support uh, those questions in their entirety. I think it's important to pay people a livable wage uh, so they can be more productive citizens of our of our community and of our, of our commonwealth. Uh, in terms of economic development, this is something that we're really excited and passionate about in the city. Uh, you know, when I took office, uh, you know, we had a lot of challenges around new growth and economic development. We had one of our biggest taxpayers in the city, the Montom coal plant, uh, close. But we've been able to withstand some of those bigger fiscal challenges uh, in the city. One of my first actions as mayor was to expand our tax increment financing uh, proposal to go from a five-year TIF or tax incentive to a 20-year TIF uh, to be able to help existing businesses expand, but also to bring new investment into the city of Holyoke. Uh, and right now, we have a pipeline of over $200 million of both public and private investment. I mentioned a couple of those projects already uh, in the pipeline. Uh, you know, just behind us uh, here on Sargent Street, you see a sign that says, coming soon, East Hampton Savings Bank. A $1 million investment on a former city-owned property that was paying no, no uh, property taxes to the city. We've been able to, to sell that to East Hampton Savings Bank, and it's the first time in decades that a private bank has now invested in downtown Holyoke. And so what we've seen over the last six years is an unemployment rate at the lowest rate since the lowest since the early uh, 2000s. You've seen property values uh, go up for both commercial property and residential property. Uh, and we have a, a sense of, of spirit and people working together in the private sector and in the public sector. Uh, and we also have right now in Holyoke that's undeniable is more construction and more building permits being pulled today than at any period in the last uh, in the last two decades. And so that's something that we're very proud about. But we also know moving forward, we have to make it easier to do business in the city. Uh, for example, there's a number of special permit processes that require public hearing after public hearing to bring new business to the city. I want to work with the council collaboratively to see what can we defer to the planning board. Uh, and so we'll, we'll continue making progress on that front. And that's time. You have a 90-second uh, opportunity to respond. Mr. Ferrara. Absolutely. I'm going to first respond to the opening statement. Um, you know, I really take, I really have an issue with you saying I, that I uh, don't view our city in a positive light. Frankly, um, what, I, what I criticize is your leadership style. So there's, don't, don't get the two confused. And no, so number two, um, you know, we hear about new growth. So we, we'll hear an anecdote here. We'll hear about this pipeline. There's always money in the pipeline, but nothing ever comes out of the pipeline. $200 million in the pipeline. You know, last election, it was $50 million in the pipeline. But when the new growth numbers come out, Hoyoke's at the bottom of every comparable city in the region, okay? We can hear a nice anecdote about East Hampton Savings Bank doing this and, and permitting that and pipeline this, but it's all nonsense because at the end of the day, Hoyoke's not... Uh, stacking up to the, to the comparable cities, Westfield, West Springfield, Chicopee, they're not be, it, it's, a, it's not just a little bit, they're, they're beating us by uh, significant margins, three and four times, and that actually wasn't the case under previous um, administrations. This is something that's exclusive to Mayor Morse's administration. So um, the idea that things are happening in the city under his administration is just false. It really is. So, um, you know, don't, don't buy into that. Don't listen to this idea of a pipeline because you know, there's things in the pipeline and things never come out of this pipeline. It's completely ridiculous. Thank you. 
Mary, you have 60 seconds if you choose to use it. Yeah, of course. And I, I just want to make it clear that my opponent used 90 seconds to answer a question about what he would do on economic development, criticizing our lack of economic development. I think the voters in this room deserve a plan as to what you will do in regards to economic development. And my opponent's answer is indicative of his lack of understanding of what new growth even means. I honestly don't think he knows what new growth means, because new growth is calculated when we can actually get a certif certificate of occupancy for that building, and it adds to the new property value growth in the city. And there are a number of projects uh, in the pipeline. I mentioned the Marcot Ford. That's in the pipeline. Once that's open, that'll reflect in the new growth. The Cubit building downtown on Race Street, the corner with Appleton Street, Culinary Center with 18 market rate lofts upstairs. Once the CO is issued, that new growth will be part of our projection. This current year alone will have over $20 million of, of new growth. And, you know, my opponent says that this is exclusive to our administration. That's just false. And we can we could check the record on that. It's not false. Thank you both. The next question is for Mr. Ferreira. Economic development should be a priority for every mayor across the country. As you know, the Holyoke Mall is the single largest taxpayer in the city. For some time now, we've heard that there's a crisis in retail. During the 2016 holiday shopping season, U.S. retailers received approximately half the holiday foot traffic that they had experienced just three years ago. With consumer confidence growing in leaps and bounds, the decline in foot traffic signifies a tectonic shift in the way that consumers shop and buy. As mayor, what would you do specifically to ensure that the city is able to maintain the tax revenue generated by the mall and the outlying parcels? Well, I mean, honest answer, I'm not sure if that's, that's something that can be controlled by the mayor of a, of a city the size of Hoyoke. I mean, this, this is a... Uh, this is something that's kind of happening nationwide, right? I mean, we're, we're, going on, we're going with online shopping. There's a lot of different options available. So, you know, that in itself is a really difficult thing. But, um, you know, I think what we really need to do is start to plan for the future and start to come up with some alternatives for uh, the Hoyoke Mall in the event that, you know, things change. I know that uh, a number of cities are expanding into condominiums and different uses there. I, I think that that's the responsible, uh, the responsible course of action. Thank you. Thank you. Mayor, you have 90 seconds to respond to that. Yeah, and you know our administration actually has a plan to work with the Holyoke Mall. Bill Rogalski and the Chamber of Commerce has worked hand-in-hand -hand with both my administration and the City Council on designating that area of the city, the retail, centers, the retail center, uh, center zone, uh, for that district within the city. Right now, if you picture it, there needs to be certain zones for particular uses within property. Many people know that in the, in the community. And in that area of the mall, it's, it's rife for uh, future development with the geriatric authority that's currently out to bid. And we're in, uh, you know, we're very positive and optimistic that we'll be able to get something around residential for uh, that property. But thinking about changing the zoning, if we put the onus solely on the developer to change the zoning, they're less likely to invest in our community. And so it was my administration over three years ago that worked hand in hand with Lisa Ray and Bill Rogalski at the Holyoke Mall to change that zoning. Unfortunately, it got a little bit held up in the ordinance committee, but we're, you know, we're going to stick with it because that's what we do over the last six years and get it done. It's something that the mall wants to see happen. Uh, and the Holyoke Mall, unlike other malls, has actually reinvested in its property. You've probably noticed that if you've been to the mall lately. And that's not happening anywhere. And I think, think it's, a, it's a good thing in that they're positive about the economy in Holyoke and in Western Massachusetts as well. Uh, and also the, uh, the, the crossing where Barnes & Noble is recently sold. Uh, and that alone will add millions of dollars to our city's new growth and new value, given the amount of money they actually sold it for. So I'm optimistic about the mall. Uh, we're certainly not going to give up on it because they've made a lot of investments, a lot of progress. They're our biggest taxpayer and one of our largest employers in the city.
Candidate Ferraro, you have another 60 seconds. Absolutely, and I think this question really speaks to our need to diversify our tax base a little bit more. And, and the, the new growth numbers that uh, the mayor keeps making up um, aren't, aren't gonna get it done. We really need to uh, cut the red tape and make business a lot, make it a lot easier to do business in the city of Hoyoke or uh, we're gonna be in trouble. Thank you both. The next question will go to Mayor Morse and it's along the lines of small business development. Mayor Morse, if you return to office, what new ideas and or plans do you have to assist and encourage small businesses in developing and growing within the city of Holyoke? Not something that you've already attempted during your past six years in office, but something new that could be a catalyst. And you have two minutes, sir. Great. Well, thank you for that uh, question, Tony. And I'll just briefly touch on something that, you know, we've had a lot of success in in partnership with the Chamber, and that's our SPARK uh, program. We got a quarter of a million dollars from the Boston Fed to start our city's first entrepreneurship ecosystem and program, uh, head up by both Kathy at the Chamber and Tessa, the director of the SPARK program. We've had over 75 graduates of that program that have now gone on to get grants from CBDG money that I have allocated. You know, people like John Grossman of Holyoke Hummus, the storefront on High Street, Sheila Coons from Hot Oven Cookies, graduated from the Spark program, went from a cookie cart to a storefront uh, on High Street. Small businesses are the backbone of our city. It puts uh, people's destiny in their own hands, and it creates 75% of new jobs both here in Holyoke and around the country. But I also recognize we have to make it easier. Uh, I commend our city clerk, Brennan Murphy Begee, for working with us to make sure we had a one-page business certificate application rather than putting the onus on the individual business owner to walk to department to department. That's something we've done, but we also need to go to the next step, and we're pursuing now online permitting. So the next term, we really want to focus on putting permitting online. We communicate directly with all of, all of the departments. Uh, people know exactly how to navigate the department system uh, from home, uh, and just making it easier to do business. I also mentioned the special permits. We have about 70 special permits at the city council uh, for everything from where a hot dog cart goes in the city to a drive-through, and some of them are appropriate, but I think we have to work with the council and the planning board and the ordinance committee to figure out which permits do actually do we need a, a, a process for with the city council because you know we have a pre-permitting group where a proponent of a business can meet with every department in the city to make it easier for them to get through the permitting process but if we need public hearing after public hearing that are oftentimes scheduled seven or eight weeks apart and you're trying to bring a business here I mean I met this guy Dan that owns a vegan cheese company moving from Boston to Holyoke you know it was stuck in a committee for months and months and months and so you know we can propose and support business as much as possible in collaboration with the HDA and the chamber, but if it's held up in public hearing after public hearing and politicized, we won't be able to move forward. And time. And there's 60 seconds left, candidate Ferrara. Thank you much. And I think, you know, the, the, it's true. The red tape, the bureaucratic red tape is a, the primary uh, uh, obstacle to new business in the city of Hoyoke. And what we really need is a candidate who can work with the city council to get that uh, accomplished. The mayor's been in office for six years now, and you know we're talking about this now. I, I'm not sure why this wasn't done uh, right away, and and I think the answer is the mayor is not able to work with the city council. They're, they uh, they are at loggerheads constantly. He's not able to find common ground and work with people who he disagrees with, and the result is that it's much more difficult for people to do business. I, I know for a fact that Coming into office, I'll be able to immediately sit down with the, the members of the city council and hash out uh, a plan to, to take care of this permitting process right away. It won't take me six years, I promise that. Thank you. Our next question is for Mr. Ferreira. Recently, a small business owner made the statement that working within City Hall to get a permit is the hardest thing that they have ever had to do. This same owner gave up and went across the river to Chicopee and had the required permit within two days. If elected, 
What will you do within each city department to make it easier for small business to get the information and permitting they need to start up their businesses in an easy and friendly manner? Two minutes, sir. Absolutely, and I'm not sure if this business was the, the barber that I use, actually, but my barber is a story that I like to use to talk about small business. He wanted to expand, so he and I went down to, uh, to the economic development office, which is on the fourth floor of a building. We walked around for 10 minutes before we were able to find one person to help us. We had to knock on three different doors. We could have robbed the place if we were inclined to. There was nobody there to help us. Um, finally, we got there, and the person said, oh yeah, here's a, here's a brochure. Call this number if you need something. It was as unwelcoming as, a, uh, as a, you could possibly imagine. So uh, not surprisingly, my barber is now set up in Chicopee where they gave him a permit, they found him a space right away. Um, to me, you, know, you, you assume that these things are happening, but they're not. They're not. You know, you can have all these grand ideas where I'm going to do A, B, and C and pipeline this and that, but at the end of the day, you need to open the door with a smile, and that's not what we're doing. We're, it's very difficult just to get a hold of somebody in City Hall, and the number one thing we need to do is, is make it a lot easier to, uh, to find the information that you need. It's just not the case right now. I'm not sure what they're doing down in that office, but it's certainly not... Uh, putting forth a friendly, uh, welcoming uh, atmosphere. Thank you. Mayor Morse, you have 90 seconds to respond. Yeah, well, well thank you, Tony. And, and, and again, I, I, I want to thank, um, you know, Marcos Marrero, the Director of Planning and Development. He's done a great job for the city over the, over the last uh, six years. And, you know, Jay could, you know, tell a story that fits with his narrative about uh, running for mayor uh, suddenly, but that's just not the truth. I mean, my office myself, we have an open door policy and people who want to start a business, you know, can walk right into my office and have a conversation with me about how to get uh, that permit. You know, Brennan Murphy McGee, our city clerk's office is right next door. And if you've gone to a, a city office, you know, by and large, we have really great city employees that work hard and get up every morning to help people that either want to start a business, they uh, want to pay their taxes, or they don't want to pay their taxes. Um, but, you know, it's important that people do have a friendly face. And that's why, you know, we took the onus away from the, the entrepreneur that you don't have to walk to the fourth floor of the annex or to the third floor of the annex to the Board of Health or go to the fire department to get your inspection that you now go to the city clerk's office. And so sometimes it's just about, you know, knowing where you need to go. And that's why, again, we need to go a step further and put permitting uh, online. Uh, but we've made the process simpler. You know, that's why we started Spark in the first place. You know, a lot of people have ideas to start uh, their own uh, small business uh, in the city. We want to create an ecosystem and a pipeline for people to do that, matching them with mentors from SCORE to start a business plan, going up to community development to apply for up to $10,000 in a grant, not a loan, to start their small business. Those are the things that we've done to break down barriers and make it easier for people to start new businesses in Holyoke. Thank you. You have 60 seconds, uh, Mr. Ferrer, if you'd like to respond. Yeah, further. absolutely. I mean, we need to treat every new business like it's a $950 million casino coming in. And, and you know, the, the small barbershop may not be important. It may seem trivial to the mayor. But to me, it was a really uh, good lesson that, you know, this is a person who's uh, born and raised in the city of Hoyoke, uh, attended Dean Technical High School, learned to cut hair at Dean Technical High School, started a business, has been in business in the downtown for 10 years, reached out to the mayor's office via email, reached out to the mayor's office via phone call, could not get a hold of anybody, showed up at the economic development office with me, a former city councilor. We could not find a single person for 10 minutes. So don't tell me that it's a friendly business atmosphere because it's not. It's completely false. We absolutely need to make uh, make it a lot easier and more welcoming uh, for anybody that's looking to, looking to open it or maintain a business in the city of Oyo. 
Thank you again both. Our third question will go to Mayor Morse. If you are reelected, do you have now, or will there be in the future, any youth programs in which the young people of Holyoke can be active and learn more about the political system within the city of Holyoke? Two minutes, Mayor. Yeah, well, thank you for that uh, question, Tony. And I want to thank the Youth Commission again for being part of tonight's debate. Um, you know, I could say without hesitation that I wouldn't be up on this stage tonight if it wasn't for my personal experience in the Youth Commission. I was a seventh grade student at Peck Middle School when I heard an announcement over the intercom to sign up for the Youth Commission. And um, I think I ran down the hall, literally, uh, to sign up and had an interview. And I was so excited about joining the Youth Commission. And I stayed on it until I went off to college. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. We met with then Mayor Sullivan uh, on a monthly basis. We met with other young people from different uh, backgrounds and experiences from our own. And I learned that working together with different perspectives, we can actually get things done in our community. And, and that was my first introduction to civics and government in Holyoke. Uh, and fast forward today, I'm really proud of the fact that that group still exists. Um, but young people play a vital role in changing our community. I think to, to Susie Park, the, the park right next, next to Racing Mart on Main Street, uh, you know, the park had, you know, hadn't gotten much uh, upkeep over the years. It was a blighted property. And a group of students from Lighthouse Holyoke came to my office and said, you know, we really want to get this park renovated. How do we do it? Like literally a group of students that aren't even old enough to vote. And we met with them and we've been able to now to allocate over $100,000 to renovate Susie Park. And that wouldn't have happened if those students hadn't come to my office and talked about how important it was for that neighborhood, for that park to be done. And now for those young people to be part of the design process, to be part of the public hearing process for that park, nothing is more empowering than being part of something trans transformative uh, like that. And I know there's more projects uh, to, be ton to be done in that manner. Um, I also want to thank, you know, Nueva Esperanza is doing a new program at Holyoke High School, teaching young people about community organizing, how to get involved in school committee meetings and city council meetings. Those are the things that we need to continue supporting, uh, opening up our doors and, and giving a lens to young people of how important our democratic process is in the city of Holyoke. 60 seconds, Mr. Ferrara. Great, great question. Thank you. So the, the very first order I filed as a city councilor was uh, the creation of a youth councilor's, youth city councilor seat. Um, you know, that, that had been proposed for, for about 10 years prior. Nobody could seem to get it done. So I sat down with uh, some counselors that had opposed the order. We found common ground in about five minutes and passed the order 13 to two, I believe. So now there's two uh, young people that are currently on the city council who have an actual seat at the table, an actual power and an ability to stand up and, uh, and advocate for themselves. And I think that you know, it shows two things. Number one, that I really value uh, the young people in our city and, and what they have to offer. And number two, the, the value of being able to sit and listen to somebody who has a different perspective from you. This has been going back and forth for a decade, failure after failure after failure. Uh, it took me five minutes of genuinely listening to be able to, uh, to pass that 13 to two, and I'm very proud of that. I think that that's really what I'm talking about in terms of making progress versus achieving uh, moral victories. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question is for Mr. Ferreira. What are you willing to do? Do, do I get a 60 yeah. seconds? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Forgive me. I didn't yeah. realize that. I think it's the second time, actually. Good catch. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry. Yeah, because I didn't get 60 seconds <laughs> right. on another question. On the other well. one? Okay. Yeah. We'll make that up there. It's okay. Thanks. I just want to make sure we, we are equal here. Good show. Um, can, you, can you? Certainly. The so, uh, original question was, um, which was the question about, to you. About if youth, you right? right. If, you're, if you are reelected, do you have, uh, 
if you are reelected mayor, do you have now, or will there be in the future, any youth programs in which the young people can be active and learn more yeah, okay. about the political system? Yeah, no, well, thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, I, I gave my original answer, and, and, and my opponent talked about the youth seat, which I was happy to sign and support um, You know, as a former member of the Youth Commission and as a former student representative on the school committee for two years when I was a, a junior and senior at Holyoke High School. But uh, I also think we can't you know, rely on, on one or two young people alone to represent all young people. And that's why I think the, the Youth Commission is, is, is such a strong organization of diverse young people of 15 to 20 young people that come from different neighborhoods and different backgrounds. And to put the onus on one young person in a very bureaucratic institution to stand up on big issues, I think, um, isn't the most productive. And I hope we can work together to make sure our, our you know, the young people elected to that seat are showing up and being productive uh, members uh, of that body, because I think it'll only cultivate uh, that. But, you know, I commend Jay for introducing that order. You know, we agreed on almost everything when he was a, a city councilor in his first term. Thank you both. Sure. So the next question goes to uh, Mr. Ferreira. What are you willing to do over the next four years to help make one idea on the youth visioning map a reality? And how will you execute that idea? Two minutes, sir. Absolutely. So uh, a couple of things that, that are on the youth vision map, uh, safe spaces is one. And I think that that's really important. And one of the programs that I was able to tour recently was, was Johan's down at Radio Plasma. And it's just a very welcoming, fun place for young people to come and learn uh, some healthy things and to meet some good role models and be safe. Uh, I think that's a wonderful thing. The New Horizons program run by uh, my friend, former uh, Ward 4 School Committee Rep uh, Cesar Lopez and his wife Felicita um, is another program. I think they're really, they're in the Churchill neighborhood and they, they've been doing a number of different great things in, in that neighborhood to create safe spaces and make inroads into the community. Um, but we really want to be proactive in engaging our young people. So, you know, I talked about the uh, about the order I filed to create a youth uh, city councilor seat, but we also want to reach out and listen to our young people and not uh, only invite them to the table when it's something re specifically relating to young people. We, we really want them to be at the table for everything. It's their city as well. We're a young city. We have a large youth population, and they need to be involved in the, deci the decision-making process if we're going to be a successful city. Thank you. Mayor Morris, you have 90 seconds, sir. Yeah, uh, thank you, Tony. About one-third or 33% of our population, I think, is 18 or, or younger, which is incredible. Uh, a really high amount of young people we have in the city. And I think it's important that even if young people can vote, that they're part of our uh, political process. I remember when we did the youth vision map that came out before this, I was in, uh, I think I was still in middle school or high school at the time. And one of the things on our youth vision map at the time was to build a skate park. And so, you know, Imagine the, the feeling that I had as a first-term mayor being able to work with young people to build the city's first skate park uh, along Pulaski Park back in uh, 2012 and 2013. That's an idea of putting something that young people had presented 10 years earlier into action today. It's what happened with uh, Susie Park. And as I, as I look at the youth vision map, you know, increased uh, public transportation. How do we you know, work together? One of the things we're doing now is implementing a bike share program uh, next year in the city in spring of 2018. We'll have five or six different uh, bike uh, share stations throughout the city uh, to make sure that all residents have equal access to uh, those bikes. Uh, oftentimes we see those in bigger metro areas uh, in the country, but we've been working with our partners in South Hadley, Northampton, uh, Amherst, and Springfield to uh, get $1.3 million grant from the federal government to implement uh, bike share. Uh, young people have been incredibly excited about increased public transportation. Uh, I also serve on the board of the Pioneer Valley Transit Authority, and I think we're going to continue working together to increase public transportation to regional colleges, uh, 
uh, and events all throughout uh, the city. And so, as always, my door is always open to young people, uh, but not just in my office. I spend a lot of time at the schools and in the community working with our youth. Thank you. Mr. Ferreira? Sure. So I've, I've coached basketball in the, uh, the city of Hoyoke for the last 10 years with uh, Councilor McGivern, actually was my coach uh, when I was younger, and he coaches in the same league. And uh, it's really an education on what some of our young people go through in the city. Um, you know, we're talking about one in four of the kids in my league are in foster care, uh, almost all single parents. I've had two parents that have showed up for games in 10 years. Um, you know, sitting and listening to these young people, you really get an idea of what they face and it's not easy. It's not something as nice as a skate park is. It's not gonna, a skate park isn't solving their problems. All right, there's serious issues that our young people are facing. We need to, we need to have better jobs. Our schools are taken over by the state. Uh, and, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of temptation to our young people to get involved in gangs and drug dealing. And if we're not gonna provide better alternatives, they're gonna, that is the, the choice that they're gonna make. Um, you know, I just really want us to focus on these serious issues and acknowledge that our young people face serious issues. And as nice as a skate park is, and I tried it out, and I wiped out, and I'll never go on a skateboard again, it's not solving those problems. You know, we need to have those discussions and understand what our young people are facing. Thank you. Thank you. Our fourth question for each candidate will be in regards to senior citizens' issues. So on the first question goes to Mayor Morse. Mayor, we often hear references to the Steve Young quote, perception is reality. If you're perceived to be something, you might as well be it because that is the truth in people's minds. A perception, and perhaps then a reality, is that some seniors don't feel safe all the time in downtown when going to the post office and as such are not uh, using the bus stop and train station. Area plantings are not maintained and the weeds cast trash and other debris. What specifically as mayor will you promise to do to rectify the perception of these seniors, reality or not, mm -hmm. to make downtown more senior friendly, safer, walkable, and easy to navigate for those struggling with sight impairment, uh, walking issues, uh, challenges such as that, and safety concerns. Two minutes, sir. Great. Uh, well, thank you for that uh, question. And this is, this is important, and we find ourselves in this beautiful senior center that's the envy of uh, other communities in Western Mass and across the state. People come to, to Holyoke to look at what we have in this beautiful uh, facility. And, and I think it's so important that we honor our past, even though we're in the present, in order to, to look towards the future. And one of my greatest honors as mayor has been to meet so many people that have lived in Holyoke for so long to both instill in me certain values. Uh, and they oftentimes talk about the days when they would walk downtown or go to downtown Holyoke on Thursday night for dinner and, and dancing. And they have this vision of, uh, of what downtown Holyoke means to them. And so as we work together, how do we bridge the gap between uh, the perception of Holyoke as it was and how it is uh, today? Uh, and I heard in your question a lot of concerns about uh, public safety. And you know, the chief and I, and I, I give the chief a lot of credit, he's doing a great job uh, running that department, implementing policies around community policing so that it's not just police officers driving around the city. They're parking the car, they're getting out, they're interacting with young people, they're shaking people's hands. You know who your neighborhood officer is. They're riding a bicycle, uh, the mobile community policing unit. You know, events like the farmer's market, like the rotary concerts that the Rotary Club puts on. I see people of all different backgrounds downtown and they feel safe. Uh, and I would challenge and invite anybody in our community to come downtown, whether it was to celebrate Holyoke, one of those concerts. Uh, and it's important we change the perception. That's one of the reasons I ran for office uh, six years ago, to change our city's story from you know, one of just uh, challenges and, and problems to a city of possibility and opportunity. And we've made 
progress in that, in that sense. I think people are starting to see Holyoke in a different light when you have that personal experience. You see the train station, you see the canal walk. Uh, over the weekend, there was a three-day art benefit concert at Gateway City Arts uh, for the Puerto Rico relief efforts, uh, both here in Western Mass and uh, on the island. And every time a new person goes down and attends those events, they come away thinking, wow, this is downtown Holyoke. And those are the stories and the anecdotes that I continue to hear uh, time and time again. Um, you know, our, our, Thank I'm you, out Mayor. of time. <laughs> Thank you. You have 60 seconds, Mr. Ferreira, if you'd like. Thank you very much. So uh, I, I work right in the downtown area, 287 High Street, right next to John Grossman's uh, Hoyle Hummus biz, uh, business. So uh, let me tell you, anybody that's nervous to work or go downtown, it's completely safe. It's a beautiful, uh, wonderful downtown with some wonderful people. So do not uh, let that intimidate you in, into not going downtown. When I was a city councilor, we, uh, one of the things we did was created a neighborhood trash can program. There was trash all over Ward 4 in the alleys on the streets. Uh, I went down to, I showed up at the DPW, uh, found out what trash cans they had and we had them put up all over Ward 4 and it made a difference. It really did. Um, I, I, I think that those are the, the little things that really need to happen to improve the uh, appearance of our city. You know, you go downtown Amherst or Northampton, you can't go 10 feet without seeing a trash can. You go downtown Hoyoke, it's not the same thing. I mean, we have them, but we need a lot more and that's really a big part of the perception of the downtown, I think, is, the, is just the trash. We really, need to, we really need to focus on that. Thank you. I uh, misspoke. You actually had 90 seconds there. I'm oh. sorry. So you want to go a little longer? The sure, I'll tell a little story about my grandfather. So okay. my uh, <clears throat> listening is a big part with seniors. So my grandfather uh, has been on me about a couple of things, but he, he really demanded that uh, liver and onions be served more at the senior center when he comes down. He loves liver and onions day, and uh, he feels that it's not right that it's only once a month. So... Um, I just wanted to mention that while I, while I was up on stage. So if anyone has any influence on that, uh, my grandfather, Dr. Antonio Ferreira, would uh, greatly appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Mayor, 60 seconds, sir. Yeah, I, I think this is something that my opponent and I agree on. You know, blight and cleaning up the city is of the utmost importance, especially the, uh, the gateways to the city. You know, we've been fortunate to continue working with both our DPW, but also... Uh, in addition to the Department of Public Works, working with the sheriff's crew and also a new partnership with ROCA in Holyoke and Springfield to clean up uh, the alleys, to clean up the gateways to the city, do municipal projects that the DPW uh, may not be able to get to uh, in a certain day. Uh, we've also worked with business owners, and so many small business owners on High Street have adopted a, a trash can in front of their business, uh, which has helped. Uh, we, for the first time, have put the litter vacuum out seven days a week in the morning uh, on High Street and in that uh, general neighborhood. Uh, so I agree. It's important that we continue investing in both public safety and our police department, but also making sure our city uh, is clean in all of, our, all of our different neighborhoods. And our next question is for Mr. Ferreira. Holyoke is a city that provides an extensive amount of care to those within its walls. Citizens who do pay tax bills are feeling burdened by the ever-increasing burden of taxation and what they perceive as the lessening of services. At the same time, business development and business growth has been identified as the main source of new income for the city. What specifically will you be doing to increase business growth and encourage increased revenue without requesting residents and businesses alike to increase their portion of the tax indebtedness to the city? Two minutes, sir. Thank you, that's a long question. Um, so when I was a city councilor, the, the, the choice was always between raising the taxes for residential or raising the taxes for commercial. It was always an unsavory choice that the council was forced to make. And the only way to avoid having to make that choice is to 
add new businesses, okay? So I've talked about new growth, okay? The mayor's gonna talk about his pipeline and this and that. Go back six years, he's been mayor six years. There's a lot of data available. Department of Revenue website's got a lot of da data available that shows that our new growth is not where it needs to be to, uh, to lower taxes for people. So that being said, a couple of things. Uh, re cutting red tape, I think, is something that's so important. Um, the, the process for, uh, for starting a business in Hoyoke is much longer than it is in the surrounding communities. The Dunkin' Donuts project has been uh, going on for four years now. So uh, talking and listening in city council, I've learned that uh, the same project was done in six months in Northampton. So not surprisingly, Northampton's new growth was like 45 million last year compared to ours, which was 8.8 .8 million. Um, you know, if it's, you know, we can talk about business tax rates and that's certainly uh, something to consider, but if it's so difficult to do business in Holyoke, uh, businesses are gonna choose other cities, and, and that's a huge problem. So uh, that's my answer on that question, thanks. Thank you. Mayor, you have an additional 60 seconds. In 90 seconds? Uh, forgive me, yeah. 90 again. Thank sorry, you. sorry, thank you. That's okay. <laughs> um, so I, I, I think again, you know, the, the question was what specifically will you do to ease the tax burden on seniors and other taxpayers? We heard Alex will say this, Alex will say that, Dunkin' Donuts this, Northampton that. What we didn't hear was what Jay Ferreira is going to do as mayor to bring business to the city. Uh, and I think that's what we deserve to hear from somebody running uh, for office. And we've done specific things. And despite some of the bigger fiscal challenges happening that we inherited uh, six years ago, the budget has stayed relatively flat. Uh, the tax rate, for example, and I'm a, a proud homeowner in Holyoke. I bought my home almost four years ago. I've seen my property tax bill go up, but I've, I've seen it go up because property values have continued to climb. Uh, and that's good for both homeowners and business owners. And so even if the tax rate stays the same or goes up or down by pennies, if the value is going up, your tax bill uh, will go up. But some of the specific things we have done in partnership with the city council is, ex is expand our senior tax work-off program. I've been proud to host a senior multiple times over the last six uh, years working in my office to get an annual uh, tax credit off of their seniors. We also work together to implement the first ever veterans tax write-off program for both uh, retired veterans and their spouses to also do a tax write-off program to save $1,000 on their annual tax bill. We've also uh, continued to budget and the city council has supported uh, tax abatements for those seniors on fixed incomes. Uh, we've also, when I had the chance to negotiate the first Comcast contract in 10 years, uh, you know, as high as those bills are, little things to try to get a senior discount in that contract. And so time and time again, we're working hard to make sure that we are looking out for seniors and those folks on Thank a fixed you, income. Mayor. 60 seconds further. Thank you. So, I mean, we've, we've talked about making Hoyoke more welcoming for businesses. The fourth floor of, of uh, of a building is very unwelcoming. It's very difficult to, to find answers, and we've talked about red tape. So I think those actually are two, uh, two solid answers for folks that are kind of hooting and hollering in the, in the uh, audience. Um, thank you for that snap. Uh, <clears throat> you know, that being said, I, you know, Hoyoke has a number of tremendous advantages over the surrounding communities. We have relatively inexpensive energy. We have relatively inexpensive real estate. We have great infrastructure. Um, Hoyoke really has the, uh, the bones to become the dominant economic powerhouse in Western Massachusetts. So, you know, when I see the new growth numbers, 
knowing this city, growing up in this city and knowing our advantages, it bothers me. And, and I have to ask myself, why are we so far behind? What's, what are we doing differently? Do I have every answer? No, I don't have every answer. But you know what I'm great at? Finding the answer and talking to other people and listening and, and working together with others. And, and I think that's really going to be part of the key. There's no, you know, great political cliche that I'm going to be able to stand up here and give. But, you know, it, it's really just hard work. Thank you. Thank you. Our next question is relative to the budget, and the first question there goes to Mayor Morse. Each year, the city of Holyoke must forecast the revenues it will receive and the expenditures it will incur in the upcoming fiscal year. State law currently does not require a balanced budget, and in fact, for many decades, Holyoke has not had one. The city runs surpluses when revenues are greater than spending. Conversely, gaps are projected when spending is expected to exceed revenues. The city has never adjusted its revenues and or spending plans in order to keep the budget balanced and relies heavily on free cash to balance the budget and set the tax rate. According to the Division of Local Services, the levy limit for Holyoke has grown by over $10 million, yet the budget continues to be stressed and services continue to be cut or reduced. The question is, if returned to office, sir, what actual concrete steps will you take to turn the budget around and restore the services that the taxpayers are expecting? Two minutes. Well, thank you for, for that question. And, and we've worked hand in hand uh, with the financial departments over the last uh, six years to control spending in the, in the annual budget. I've been proud to, to work with the, the city council. They approved my most recent budget uh, over the summer. Uh, and one of the things we specifically did was work directly with the Chamber of Commerce on putting together a fiscal advisory group to address what had been decades-long practices of uh, under-budgeting our revenues in the budget and uh, undercutting what the actual expenses would be. And so so it was actually uh, our administration that said, you know, enough is enough. If we know we're going to spend X amount of money on snow removal or X amount of money on lighting or heating in a certain municipal building, we're going to put that number in. We're not going to undercut it to then inflate our free cash number uh, in the fall. And for too long, this has been the practice of past administrations. And so for now, we have a, an accurate budget. Uh, you know, we've been able to balance the budgets. We've had ample free cash. We've seen the stabilization fund uh, grow uh, over $2 million over the last uh, six years. And so we're making uh, those uh, tough decisions within, uh, within the city budget while also maintaining uh, city services. And so whether it's uh, in the DPW, the police department, uh, or the fire department, we're funding those departments at an adequate, efficient, and effective level, and we'll continue uh, to do that. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that we haven't laid off a single firefighter, we haven't laid off a single police officer. Uh, to the contrary, we've gotten millions of dollars in state and federal grants to hire more firefighters, to hire more police officers, despite the increasing challenges uh, on our city. Uh, in the 200 million dollars uh, of uh, new investment and economic development in our community is directly helping our city. The 20 million dollars of new growth uh, this year, the increasing property values, that puts less pressure on our budget so we continue investing in those things that our residents rely on, uh, like the senior center, like the new public library, uh, and other amenities in our community uh, that people love about the city of Holyoke. Thank you. 90 seconds to respond. Thank you. I, I mean, first of all, the idea that city services have been maintained is completely ridiculous. I think we all know that fire engine number two has been cut. Um, that, that wasn't a strategic reorganization. That was because we're in dire financial straits. That, that's why that decision was made. Uh, free, free cash has been on a downward trajectory for the last five years. Uh, the, the mayor has not put forth a balanced budget. And I'll give you an example, a specific example. Um, 
every 18 months you can set your watch to it. The, the Hoyle Police Department needs new vehicles and that, that's not been included in the budget and the mayor's forcing the city council to borrow from the stabilization fund to do that. Um, it, it's, really, it's really poor government, it's, it's irresponsible budgeting and it's part of the reason that the mayor's unable to work with the city council because he puts them in these difficult situations where he really should be the one taking the lead and he forces them to make the unpopular decision. Thank you. The next question relative uh, to the I, budget. I think I'm, I get it. I'm so sorry. I did it again. Sorry. Yeah. I'm racing ahead here looking at the clock. But you do have another 60 seconds. Thank you, Mayor. Yeah, I mean, you're going to hear a lot about my opponent about the, the fire department. And, and let me just be very clear. Over the last six years, we haven't laid off a single firefighter. We've gotten $3.7 million in federal grants to hire 37 additional firefighters in the department. Uh, my first bond as mayor was $1.5 million to purchase three new fire trucks. Hadn't happened since the 1990s. Most recently, another $1.5 million approved by the council for a radio communication system. The first time in the city's history, our DPW, our police, and our fire are connected on the same radio communication system. Uh, the only thing that we've cut in the fire department is overtime. And guess what? If you've read the news for the last several decades, how do we control overtime spending? I had the courage, the political courage, to do it. It wasn't always popular, uh, but the fire chief and I would never make a decision that would put anybody in this room or anybody in the city in harm's way. My opponent had an interview with Radio Plasma last week and talked about taking a truck and an engine uh, out, of, out of service uh, near Lynch School. Uh, under his plan, we would not be able to respond to two fires simultaneously uh, in the city. In, you would think a candidate of mayor for seven months would have met with the fire chief, and he hasn't even reached out to the fire chief time. to discuss his plan. Thank you, Mayor. Our next question relative to the budget goes to Mr. Ferreira. According to the municipal data bank maintained by the Division of Local Services, the city of Holyoke for fiscal year 2017 had an excess levy capacity of only $37,734 and no override capacity, as Holyoke is already at its ceiling. You have campaigned on the fact that you would reinstitute Engine 2 by restoring that funding. Know that, knowing that the tax revenue isn't there to support this, please explain in detail what area of the budget you would cut or sacrifice and why all the items within the budget uh, you feel that this, this single issue is the most pressing. And you have two minutes, sir. Absolutely. So uh, speaking of negative press releases, the mayor, I've been getting them at about 11 o'clock at night, just a series of kind of uh, whiny press releases from the mayor. And one of them was about um, when I was a city councilor, I filed an order to work with uh, the cities of Southampton, South Hadley, uh, Chicopee, surrounding, the surrounding communities to try to find uh, areas where there was overlap, where we could work together. And one good example is a fire engine mechanic. Uh, we don't ha currently have a fire engine mechanic, but if we were to hire two fire engine mechanics, we would save hundreds of thousands of dollars that we spend sending those uh, trucks out to uh, area. I think we send them to a place in Hartford. Um, there's just a number of different things that we can do. It's called regionalization. It's kind of a dirty word, but um, I, you know, I spoke with the, the fire union about it, and they actually agree with uh, the proposal that that's a, a way that we can save money, not just in the fire department, but in every city department. We can work with uh, these smaller surrounding communities who may not have the uh, ability to, to handle some of this stuff, but they can kick in uh, some money to help help us maintain city services and, and save money. So really, I, I appreciated that late night email from uh, the mayor's campaign, which was very negative, um, but actually I, I consider it to be a positive, so thank you. Mary, you have a 90-second response. Great. Thanks, Tony. 
Um, again, I think this answer is indicative of the fact that my opponent just doesn't know what he's talking about when it comes to the budget or the, or the fire department. He was asked, you know, within the budget, what would you look at to cut? I mean, I'm the mayor. I have to balance the budget presented to the city council. Not all my decisions will be popular. Uh, and he hasn't been able to answer where he would come up with a half a million to $600,000 a year to bring back uh, engine, uh, engine 2. Under our redistribution plan, we have a web of coverage that provides adequate uh, protection to every single neighborhood. The fire chief has made that a very clear. We've been monitoring it, uh, and there's been a lot of uh, success uh, in that front. And you would think a, a candidate that has made fire protection his major issue, that he would meet with the fire chief to talk about his plan that he proposed last week to shut down an engine in a truck up on Northampton Street. Uh, that's just not how you do business. You rely on experts to make decisions. You surround yourself with people smarter than yourselves, and whether it's economic development, fire protection, uh, or public safety. Uh, but my opponent just doesn't understand uh, the budget. You know, talks about regionalization. Regionalization would mean we're now using Holyoke equipment, fire trucks, police trucks, uh, police cars to go into other cities, which means less services for Holyoke residents. And I think, you know, we're investing in our budget. We've been smart. And as I said before, we've been willing to invest in the police department, being willing to invest in the fire department. And that's why I was proud to get the supervisors of the police department's endorsement this morning, talking about our strong partnership over the last uh, six years to keep Holyoke residents safe. 60 seconds. Well, I mean, that's always a response to, from the mayor. It's always some version of, you know, you're not as smart as me. You don't understand as much as me. It's always, it's always that, that's been every election we've been hearing that same response. It's completely ridiculous. We spend a lot of money on fire maintenance. We spend a lot of, there's a, a, a lot of potential savings, hundreds of thousands of dollars if we are, are able to work with other uh, communities. I was a former city council. I understand the budget very well. I understand the potential savings. Uh, is that going to make up $500,000? Maybe not, but I think it's, it's a, it's it's a really good start. So uh, another thing as well is, you know, the, the, the fire department's pretty top heavy. There's a chief and seven deputy chiefs on top of it. Uh, and they each cost us about $100,000 a year. So you want to talk about, you know, uh, about savings. I think we should look right there. Thank you. Well, we are doing good on time, despite a few of my little foibles between 60 <laughs> and 90 and being slightly dyslexic on that. So we have an opportunity for six questions for each candidate. So the first question would go to Mayor Morse. Often Holyoke has to compete with other Western Mass municipalities for new business and for local aid funding from Boston. Can you share an example of how you have met these challenges as mayor and any new strategies to compete locally and statewide? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, we have to, you know, speaking of regionalization, it's not always a, a race to the bottom to attract development, right? There are inherent competitive advantages and assets that Holyoke has that makes Holyoke a natural place for a business uh, to go to. And so we could talk about the commercial tax rate, which is important for many businesses in our city, but there are so many great things about our community that make it an attractive place for both businesses and homeowners uh, to move here. That's why we see new businesses opening up. We see record levels of both public and private private investment uh, in our community. Uh, you know, I've joined with our fellow mayors to increase rail service here in Western Massachusetts. We've been aggressive in securing state and federal grants uh, for Lyman Terrace, uh, for example, uh, the renovation of 167 unit complex uh, in downtown Holyoke. Uh, 
yes, an expensive project, but it's literally changing the lives of hundreds of people uh, who live right here in the city of Holyoke. Uh, be it the canal walk or the train station, securing uh, federal grants to make sure that the local taxpayers didn't have to fund those projects uh, themselves. Uh, we also know that the state uh, budget uh, oftentimes you know, gets smaller and smaller, and so we have to continue fighting for more uh, aid to both our public schools, uh, but also to you know, things like Chapter 90 funds for roads and sidewalks uh, and repairs uh, like that. Uh, and that's why we've continued to, to be innovative, uh, making cuts where we can, but also you know, filling in the gap and investing in those projects that uh, have an impact on, uh, on people's lives. Uh, one of the things that I've, you know, continued to stand up for is uh, community development block grant funds, you know, working directly with Senator Warren and Senator Markey to make sure that HUD and the federal government maintains our allocation of community development block grant money uh, for our city. Uh, that's been funds that cities like Holyoke use to invest in parks, in low-income neighborhoods, uh, to make the city a more livable, walkable, and healthy place for residents of all different neighborhoods. Thank you. 90 seconds. Thank you. I'm not sure if there was actually even an answer in that uh, in that response, but um, you know, I think one of the things we really need to do is work better with the the Hoyo Gas and Electric. It's a tremendous uh, it's a tremendous adva advantage that the city of Holyoke has. And uh, I went to a presentation about the uh, industrialization of the Connecticut River Valley last this past week, and they talked about the Holyoke Water Power Company and what they did to attract business into the city. And what they essentially did was set up business incubators where there was the, the the Hoyoke Water Power Company actually bought the machinery to bring into the to the uh, city and these new companies were able to relocate from you know New York and Connecticut and New Hampshire and the surrounding areas and do business uh, for, for a lot cheaper they had the they, they didn't have to invest in the infrastructure and then those businesses grew and expanded and they hired Hoyoke businesses and they and they hired Hoyoke residents and they uh, paid taxes and some of them are still in this city. So I think, you know, when we look at uh, opportunity, uh, the Hoyoke Gas and Electric, I think, is, uh, is a great one. Thank you. 60 seconds. Yeah, no, I'm glad we, we brought up the gas and electric because it's been a strong partnership over the last uh, six years. And my opponent has recently criticized uh, Gary Rome development up on Watering Farms Road. That property was owned by the, uh, the gas and electric. It was a $2 million purchase that went into gas and electric to help keep our electric and gas rates low uh, in the city and also reinvest in other properties. We also work directly with gas and electric to pick up, to, to clean up the biggest brownfield site in the city of Holyoke, a four acre site, Parsons paper, a fire in 2008. Uh, no one could figure out how to do it. Our administration was able to work and be creative with every single interdepartmental agency in the city, redevelopment authority, the housing authority, gas and electric, to secure $4 million to clean up that site to help a long-time local business, Aegis Energy, expand and add an additional 35 jobs with an additional solar field. We just last week announced the largest battery storage project in the entire state of Massachusetts uh, in Holyoke. We've also worked, worked with HG&E in our innovation district uh, to do FERC permitting. So using our hydrokinetic equipment on the canals to international businesses uh, all over the world to come here to the city of Holyoke. Thank you. And the next question goes to Mr. Ferreira. What single accomplishment are you most proud of in your time on the Holyoke City Council? And how is that achievement indicative, indicative of how you will serve Holyoke as mayor? Well, I hate to keep talking about it, but the, the youth counselor seat to me is the thing that I was the most proud of. And, and a couple of reasons. The young people obviously are important, but just the ability to work with, uh, with people that I disagreed with. When we first started discussing the, uh, the seat, it was... You know, there, it, it didn't seem like there was any chance. It seemed like there was, you know, I think there was seven or eight or nine counselors that were vehemently opposed. 
Um, it just didn't seem like, I, 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 I could tell that um, why there was a 10 year uh, gap in, in why this hadn't been passed. And you know, to be able to sit down and, and genuinely listen and uh, consider the other side and find common ground and move forward, to me was a very powerful thing. And I think that that's a tool that uh, the mayor is lacking in. He, you know, he's, he's very uh, philosophically rigid. He's unable, unable to consider that somebody else might have a valid point. And, and I think that that's hurt him. I think he's won some philosophical battles, but we haven't made much progress. And I think what we really need to do is start hitting the target more. We need to start making progress. And you know, that, that to me was really, I think, uh, the, the most important thing. Thank you. 90 seconds for response, Mayor. Great. Um, and I, I, again, I commend uh, you know, former Councillor Ferreira for moving that uh, forward. It was something I was happy to support. But I'll take a moment to talk about some of the things I'm most proud of over the last uh, six years. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I ran for mayor was because a lot of people f felt like they weren't included in city government, that they couldn't be part of the process. We had the same people in elected office, both in the council chamber and the mayor's office for a long time. They had little to no knowledge of the fact that regular citizens could actually volunteer on the planning board or the conservation commission or the board of appeals or the board of the council on aging. You had the same people for, for so long. And you know, new people were wondering, well, how do I get involved? And so one of the things that I'm most proud of is opening up the doors of City Hall, getting more young people, uh, getting new people uh, to the table, uh, getting more women on boards and commissions, uh, more people of color uh, on boards and commissions in the city. Uh, you know, We now have a, a government that looks more like the community the, the community that, that we represent. Uh, and there's no greater honor than to, to build uh to build leadership on boards and commissions uh, with volunteers uh, in our city. And many of those people have now gone on to run for office, have become members of the city council or, or a school committee. Uh, but I meet families from all different backgrounds each uh, and every day that uh, have different opinions or, or values or philosophical differences. Uh, but my message has always been that I'm, I'm your mayor. Whether you live in West Holyoke or the Highlands or South Holyoke uh, or the Flats, there is room for absolutely everybody uh, in the city of Holyoke. I am willing to sit down and have a conversation conversation. Uh, you know, you may have heard Tracy's story uh, last week. You know, she's a teacher uh, in the public schools. We didn't always agree, but we were able to find common ground. Thank you. 60 seconds. Thank you. And I, I imagine the mayor does believe that, that he's the mayor for everybody. But I can tell you that people do not feel welcomed uh, in City Hall that when you're down there. Um, you know, city boards and commissions are actually going unfilled. The fire commission has two uh, two members, it should have three. It used to be a political plum, and now you have to ask Bellamy Schmidt to come in and do you a favor just to fill uh, the board so you have a quota. And, you know, we we really need to understand that, uh, you know, you've been, you've excluded a lot of people. They do not feel welcome, and that's something that we need to change. We really do. I, I, I believe that you believe that, it, that you're a welcoming mayor, but, you're, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that you're not. You've divided the city. People, people do not feel that they're welcome to participate in the political process, and you know, I, I just want people to know that that's something that I'm gonna immediately change. Thank you. Thank you both. We've flown through an awful lot of questions and covered a lot of ground. It's now time for closing uh, commentary, and given that we're reversing the earlier flip, Mayor Morris, you have the opportunity to make your closing statement Great. first. 
Well, uh, well, first, thank you, Tony, for moderating this debate, and uh, I forgive you for your uh, errors Sorry. here and there. No, no problem about that. Um, but thank you all again for, for being here tonight. Thank you to the organizations for putting this important uh, debate together. I think it was a substantive conversation. I had the opportunity to talk uh, about my record, the unprecedented progress we've made on a number of issues uh, over the last uh, six years. Uh, we have the highest graduation rate. For example, when I took office, it was 49%. It's upwards of 65% uh, today. Uh, we have the lowest crime rate in over uh, 20 years. Uh, we have the lowest unemployment rate in 20 years. And so, you know, you could hear my opponent fixate on a data point, uh, but that doesn't show the, the larger picture. Of course, there are challenges uh, in our community or else I wouldn't be running for another, another term, uh, a four-year term. We still have challenges. I'm not making the argument that, that we're done because we're certainly not uh, done yet. Uh, and I think about people in this room and people I've met along the way that continue to inspire me to wanna continue working with all of you to improve our city. Uh, I think of people like Tracy uh, that I didn't finish talking about, someone who moved to Holyoke several years ago, and it's the first city she's ever lived in where she feels a sense of community and pride here that she's never felt anywhere uh, before. Uh, she works now in the Holyoke Public Schools at Peck School and Climate and Culture, uh, and she loves uh, her city. She lives with her husband uh, and her son, uh, Dax. Uh, I think about people like Mark Cutting. You may have seen his video as well. Has lived in Holyoke for decades with his family, doesn't just own his house, but he owns C&D Electronics on Appleton Street, continues to expand. He just bought one Bigelow Street next to the Mass Green High Performance Computing Center, what was once a nonprofit, now back in the tax rolls. Those are the type of people and investments that believe in our city, that are working with us collaboratively to change the narrative about uh, who we are. Uh, I think about people like Taisha that I met at Lyman Terrace, uh, who lives alone with her five-year-old son, a, a single mother, um, who didn't know where, where she would be with her five-year-old son in the future. And when I took a tour of the recently renovated units uh, at uh, Lyman Terrace, uh, you know, we were able to show her her new unit and to see her walking in her apartment with tears in her eyes, uh, thinking about the positive impact of a decision that we've made together uh, and prioritized is something that uh, I just can't put words to. And I know there's more Tracy's and more Mark's and more Taisha's in the city that I want to continue working with. Uh, but we're certainly uh, not done yet. Uh, and as I started this debate, it has been an absolute honor and privilege to be uh, your mayor over the last six years. And I know we can continue doing great things together in four years to come. So please, I ask for your vote on Tuesday, November 7th. Help us knock on doors and help us get the message out to your neighbors. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Mr. Ferreira. Thank you so much. I, I really want to thank everybody for uh, coming out tonight. It's a, it's a really nice crowd. It's nice to see some engaged citizens in our uh, community. I really want to encourage everybody to apply for a city board. There's definitely some vacancies. Run for office. Get involved in a campaign. You don't have to work for my campaign. Work for Alex. Work for a city council candidate. Work for a school committee candidate. But uh, one of the things I do also want to ask is to you know, don't let feelings get in the way of facts, okay? Alex is a nice enough person, all right? It's fine, I used to be an Alex supporter myself, but the facts do not show that he's been a, a, a good mayor. He really hasn't. New growth is down, our schools are taking over, we're closing fire stations. We need to start to realize what's going on in our city and stop pretending that everything's great. So, uh, you know, I just really wanna encourage people to, to come out on November 7th uh, and vote, and that's it, thank you. Thank you both. Thank you both very much. And I think it would be appropriate right now to ask for a round of applause for all of you that are here. This is amazing to see how many people are here.
at the risk of being redundant for folks who were here last week, there's a great line from Dr. Seuss that I think encapsulates a lot of this. Unless, unless people like you care a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. Oh, no, it's not. Keep involved. Thank you very much. This was a Radio Plasma special presentation. The Holyoke Mayoral Candidates Forum from the Holyoke Council on Aging in Holyoke, Massachusetts. This event was brought to you as a collaboration of the Holyoke Chamber of Commerce, the Holyoke Taxpayers Association, the Holyoke Youth Task Force, the Gantara Youth Development Center, Holyoke Media, and Radio Plasma. From the Holyoke Council on Aging, I'm Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.